This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. And turn with me to the book of Matthew. This is the first of four Gospels in the New Testament. It's the very first uh, book in your New Testament, the book of Matthew. And we're going to go to chapter number four. And I will concur with Grant and Kelly Bowman that DLI has just been a blessing in this church. So many people have completed it. And now they're just kind of living out their purpose and, and finding ways to serve that they never really knew they had the gifts in. So it's good. Consider that. To the book of Matthew chapter 4, uh, I'm kicking off a brand new series today. And I don't really have any hesitation in saying this. I honestly believe that this, this is going to be the most important series that I'll teach this year. Uh, it's going to be a little different for, for me because it's not my typical preaching style. We're going to do a lot of teaching. We're going to do a lot of scripture-based learning. And uh, so if, you've been, if you're a guest and you've been listening to our podcast or if you've been listening uh, online Probably the next several weeks are going to sound a little bit different but because this is a very missional series. I believe with all my heart that if you'll, if you'll hang in here with me for a few weeks in July, you're going, to, you're going to see it with your own eyes what your job is now as a believer. You're going to see it. And my job as a pastor is to get you, my job is real easy, my, my calling in life is to lead you to the place where you're, where you're fulfilled, where you're, you're, you're fulfilled, you're not empty any longer, and one of those areas are, are, are my topic for the month of July. Now, it's summer, and uh, people are traveling, and people are, 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 are gone, and I'm having fun with my series title, it's called Gone Fishing. Because uh, every time I bump into somebody, I'll say, I haven't seen you in a while. Well, we've just been doing a little fishing. And, and so I'm going to play on that a little bit. And we're going to have fun looking into the word of the Lord on gone fishing. Matthew chapter 4. Here we go. I'm reading my particular text is from the New Living Translation. But you'll, you'll follow easily. Verse number 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. There's two brothers there on the shore, Simon, also called Peter. So we'll, we'll refer to him as Peter, and Andrew. So Peter and Andrew were on the shore, and they were throwing a net into the water. And this is why. For they fished for a living. <laughs> is there anyone that has fantasies of fishing for a living? <laughs> what now, any, anybody have fantasies of playing football for a living? Or, or playing golf. Come on, playing golf for a living. How about shopping? Would anybody like to shop for a living? <laughs> what a dream life, right? These guys fish for a living. But I will tell you, could you imagine your fishing skills being held responsible for your ability to provide for your family? I don't think I could make the water bill, much less the mortgage, if it was on me to go fishing but I do love to fish. Well, here's the thing. They were fishing for a living. They were throwing their nets and catching fish. And, and then they would, they would sell the fish. And, and that's how they provided for their family. Jesus called out to them. Come follow me 
and I will show you how to fish for people. You got to think about the, 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 the immense weight of the invitation. They were being called to leave their job of fishing for, for fish in order to go and fish for people. He's calling on them. That's a heavy ask. I've got, I've got too many hobbies. Anybody else got too many hobbies? I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to play golf. Denor's convinced that my three main hobbies are the most expensive and time-consuming three hobbies known to man. But she can just blame it on my dad. My dad started me out hunting as a kid, started me out fishing as a kid, playing golf as a kid. And I've got so many memories, Dad. I know you're here in this service. As I was preaching in the 830 service, I started seeing, I started reliving memories of my dad. He would wake me up. If we were going hunting or fishing, he would wake me up in the, in the same way. It was kind of a, a rough, gruff, rude way. He would take the covers and just pull them back and say, you going with me? Well, for a boy, I thought, am I going with you? Absolutely. And I would get up, and, and he would be so generous with his time, and we would go fish, fish a neighbor's pond. or we, we never were the type of fishermen that had fancy boats and lake houses and all. We would pond fish, and for you, that's called tanks. And uh, Louisiana, we would pond fish. We'd go pond to pond. And, and every now and then, we would get on a creek or a river. And we would fish. And there was so much fun fishing. Man, I, I still, right now, I could, I think I might skip the third service and just go. I just love fishing. And I think it's safe to say that in the scripture, I think it's safe to say that Jesus enjoyed the company of fishermen. Fishermen are a blast to be around. They catch fish this big, but they say they're this big. And I don't mean this sacrilegiously, but I got a feeling even Jesus probably said, oh no, mine was bigger than that. I, mean, I think he would probably even stretch it. But then again, Jesus would probably just look at it and say, stretch. And it would like stretch. He would always win the fishing competition because, you know, he'd be like, he didn't catch anything and he'd be like, uh, fish be here. And there's like three fish. But I think he enjoyed the company of fishermen. I think he enjoyed the way they thought. I think he kind of, he was, he was intrigued and encouraged by the way they were motivated. They were resilient. Too hot, it's never too hot to fish. Too cold, it's never too cold to fish. He, he liked hanging out with people that had a little, had a little drive. And I had a little hunger about them. So he looked at these guys and he said, Peter and Andrew, you're, you're, you're making a living doing something very difficult. And, and, and I really think this happened. He saw they had a net and he, and he, and he had a spiritual understanding that there's going to be a day that I'm ascending. And there's still going to have to be something that draws people to the gospel I need a net that works, a network. And I think Jesus looked in and saw some fishermen that understood the challenges of drawing in life. 
and he called them and he said, I, I'm going to make you fish for people. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you experience something that brings greater reward than, than, the, than the bass or the, or, or, the, or the catfish that you're getting. You're, you're fit to experience fishing at a whole other level because I'm going to need a network and it's going to start with you. And then you're going to bring more people around and we're going to build something together. Now this month, I'm going to do a lot of this type teaching, okay? It's going to be a little different. I'm going to use a lot of stuff that I do myself that's like I've taken time and, and just kind of tried my best to, to, to analyze how I interact with people. So I'm going to be sharing that with you throughout the month. I'm also going to be sharing with you through, through reading and, and studying other people's methods of, of fishing for people, having influence on people. Uh, using, using your gifts to influence people for the kingdom's sake. It's going to be a great month. But we have to establish this very first thing before we go any further. And that is this. Your purpose in this life is the great commission. Settle it. If you are a child of God, your purpose is the great commission. It's not only listed in Matthew, but it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, even the book of Acts. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to save some time. I learned my sermon a little bit on the 830 service today. And I don't want to read all of these. I'm just going to give you the reference, okay? Matthew 28, 19 is the, is the kind of the more common Great Commission scripture. Therefore, go. Everyone say go. Make disciples. Fish for people. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Here's the good news. I'm going to be with you all the way to the end of the age. But then it mentions it in Mark 16 and 15. Mark 16, 15. Luke 24, 47. John 20 and 21. And then the book of Acts, chapter 1, in verse 8. All of these give the same command. And that is, go fish for people. I need you to be on my team. And you need to be in my net work. Bringing people to me. Two things he told Peter and Andrew. I need you to leave your, your, your nets on the shore, and I need you to get to know me better. We're going to spend time together one-on-one. I want you to get to know me so much that you love me so much that you're blessed by me so much that you want to go tell everybody else to get to know me. In other words, I want you to recognize a good thing when you have a good thing so you can share the good thing with everybody else that needs a good thing. And ladies and gentlemen, all of us that are saved have found not just a good thing, we found the best thing. It's the love of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, hey, you need to go share it. Go fish for people. Somebody say amen. Here's the, here's, here's the struggle with some people. This is not an option. There's not an opt-out tab that you can click with your mouse. If you're a born-again child of God, 
you have just been placed on heaven's fishing team. You've been given a jersey. We're going to wrap your boat. Maybe that's too modern for some of you. You're going to be sponsored by Jesus, and you're going to be sent into the mission field. There's no opt-out. You don't get a free pass on this one. You don't have to sing a solo. Thank you for some that don't. Thank you. You don't have to be a greeter. Thank you for the frowner that's not a greeter. You don't, hey, you don't have to teach in children's ministry. Thank you for all you grumpies that don't like kids. You don't have to do a lot of things. But there's one thing that if you're going to be a child of God and you're going to be on Team Jesus, Team Jesus are full of fisher people. Not fishermen, because it's, it's more polite to say fisher people. You're called to fish. Now, I know one thing that keeps people away from this topic. Some of you right now are panicking. You're like, I just don't have that personality. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I told you I didn't want to do this. Why are you bringing me to a church that makes me do this? Deep breath, everybody. Let me tell you what I'm not asking you to do. I'm not asking you to go to the stockyards and stand on the corner and scream at people. Not asking you to go to, to, to the store uh, and don't, don't go and buy one of those megaphone bullhorn type things. We don't need you on the corner with a little cheap amplifier, you know, screaming in a mic. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've been downtown Fort Worth on a hot date with a hot mamacita. Her, by the way. And I've been annoyed by the street screaming evangelist. You know, they get creative, you know. Turn or burn. It's like, dude, take a deep breath. It's hot in Texas, but hell's hotter. Easy. You're driving people away from God. Not drawing people in the net to God. Here's, here's how I know that. Because most of you that are a Christian, you came to your faith through someone that loved you. More than likely, a mother, a grandmother, a father, a grandfather, an uncle, a cousin, a friend. Most of you, somebody loved you to Jesus they didn't scream you to Jesus. So I want everybody to take a deep breath. This series is not about making you some big loud mouth type A. There's enough of us in the world. I'm calling on you to be you. And it's simple. Just give to someone else what's been given to you. What's been given to you? Forgiveness of your sins and a fresh start at a new life as a born-again child of God that you've had your sins forgiven and your name written in the Lamb's book of life, God's calling you to pass that on to someone else. And how do you do it? You do it the way you already interact with people anyway. You just make sure you include that. That's good preaching. Let me tell you why. Why do we need to do this? First of all, this is going to be pretty strong, okay? 
I don't make any apologies for it, but I'm letting you know now. I know that this is pretty strong. But this is why you have to be a fisher for people. This is why you got to go fishing for people. Because heaven and hell is real. Now, this particular type of pulpit approach is kind of uncommon any longer. Because most people don't want to tap into the realities of eternity. Do you know my favorite type of preaching? My favorite type of preaching is preaching you happy. But do you know what my most called on type of preaching is? It's not to make you happy. It's to get you saved. And a lot of people are trying to serve God by pleasing people. But pleasing God is by serving people. And you serve people the gospel that saves I'm not making this up. This is what the Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And God has commanded that the earth and the heavens be stored away for a great bonfire at the judgment day. Everyone say judgment day. That's real, man. I can't make this up. And, and I know some people just don't want to deal with this. They want to kind of ignore this. They just kind of want the blessings that come with being a Christian and the, and the abundance and the increase. You got to remember, you don't come and give your sins to, to, the, to the Lamb of God that came to take those sins away for you to be blessed in this earth only. No, you came to Jesus to have yourself saved. It says there's coming a judgment day when all ungodly men, and I'm going to take my liberty, ungodly women, ungodly cousins, ungodly uncles, ungodly parents, ungodly sons, ungodly daughters, ungodly best friends, ungodly neighbors, ungodly co-workers. I hope you're getting the point. This world's full of fish. This world's full of people that, that, that have not found the love of Jesus they have not given themselves over to his lordship. And it says that there's coming a day, a judgment day, when all ungodly men will perish. But don't forget this, dear friends, that a day or a thousand years from now is like tomorrow to the Lord. There's, a, there's, there's something called the, the return of Christ. Uh, some of you know the word the rapture. And, and a lot of people have become... They've been lulled to sleep because their grandmother thought it was coming in her generation. Their parents thought that it was coming in their generations. So therefore, we kind of have put that on the back burner that it's just a myth because it's not happened yet. So if it's not happened yet, it's surely then not going to happen, right? No, it's going to happen. But let me tell you why it's prolonged. It's not because Jesus doesn't know the time It's because Jesus knows the time. And it says this in the scripture. He isn't really being slow about his promised return. Even though it seems this way. He is waiting for the good reason. And that is he's not willing that anyone should perish. So he's giving more time for more sinners to repent. I'm going to say it this way. He's holding off on his return because he's asking us to go fishing. 
There needs to be more fish caught. And he doesn't want anyone to perish. If, if you don't believe in the grace of God, may this change you to believe God is not against you. He's for you. He's so for you that he's not returning because there's people that aren't making it to heaven. It's almost like he loves people so much he's willing to hold off on the community in heaven being established because he wants to make sure it's full of you and your loved ones. The day of the Lord is surely coming as unexpectedly as a thief. And then, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the heavenly bodies will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be burned up. So Pastor Tommy, how does this involve us? What's our role in this? You tell me we need to go fish for people. How does that look? Romans 10, everybody. Turn to Romans 10. This, this is the playbook. Every football team has a playbook, right? Every baseball team, the, 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 the coach in the dugout sending out the message to the catcher. He's, re, he's, he's relaying it to the pitcher. There's a play being ran, a play being called. Romans 10, verse 13. This is how we fish. This is the importance of the fishing for people. Verse 13, somebody needs to get a whole new love and an appreciation for it. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, everyone say saved. Verse 14, so uh, if everybody's going to call, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, then uh, let's do some reasoning here. Let's reduce down and reason together verse 14 well how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him so the calling on the name of the lord brings salvation but there must be a belief everyone say saving faith there must be a saving faith in the calling well okay we've established that then how can they believe if they've never heard about him. So you're telling me that, you know, everybody has that what if. What if the guy on the Amazon that's running around with a spear and naked has never heard. Well, here's why we go on missions trips. And this is why we send out the missionary. How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Watch this, everybody. Look up here. Look up here, everybody. Call on the name of the Lord for salvation. Believe when you call. You have to be told about him to believe in him. Someone has to go and tell him to believe in him. Who are those? Those that are sent. That's you. Now, 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 Pastor, I was amen in you all this time, but I ain't going to the Amazon. I like the Amazon Prime, but I'm not going to go to the Amazon. Good news, everybody. Good news. You're already in your mission field. Your mission field's Lockheed Martin. Your mission field is our place. Your mission field is the golf course. Thank you, Jesus. Your mission field is building homes. Your, your mission field is selling big rig trucks and servicing them. Your mission field is teaching school. Your mission field is, your, is Kerr Middle School. It's Hughes. It's Centennial. It's 
How about them Elks? It's Burleson High School. Your mission field, it's Bell. Your mission field's Kroger. Your mission field's Harris and Arlington Memorial and JPS. How about that Camp Gladiator? Your mission field's Camp Gladiator. Boy, you got a hot one. You don't have to leave. You don't have to travel. You just have to fish in the pond that God's placed you. Let's look on. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Let me tell you what's a blast, man. There's nothing more satisfying and more fun than landing a fish for the kingdom. Man, I don't care what you sell. I don't care what you make. I don't care where you work and what you teach. I don't care what your hobby is. There's nothing more energizing and rewarding for the believer than knowing, knowing that you're not going to heaven alone, but you've taken somebody with you. Luke 15 and verse 10 in the NIV says, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one fish being caught, one sinner repenting. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, I'm not going to read everything I read in the early service. Again, I kind of learned my, my, my timing. 2 Corinthians 5, it's, it's, it's available for you in your app, in your sermon notes, verses 16 through 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, all the way through verse 21. But I'm just going to lift a little portion of that, okay? Let me tell you the most rewarding feeling in the world. And that is, here it is. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Let me, let me give you an example. I, I know that there's no, there's no one in this room that would argue with this. Would not it be the greatest feeling in the world to like have a little have a little a, a, a little stored up cure for cancer in your kitchen where when you found out someone had cancer, you go, oh man, y'all come on over. I've, I've got a little bit left. I've, I've given it out to thousands of people. We've got some left here. It cures cancer. That would just be like crazy awesome. Or if you knew that somebody was, was, was in poverty and you had the money. Let me, man, I've got so much money. I've got, here, here, let me give you my money. And you, and you actually fed a family. Life-changing, Right? Here's the problem. A lot of people are missing out the reason that we're called to the Great Commission. It's not to meet earthly needs because you'll never meet all the earthly needs because you don't have enough earthly provision. But there is a spiritual need that's a lot more severe and a lot greater need based than anyone's poverty or sickness. It's their eternity. And that what you want to do, you want to cure cancer, you have the cure to the sin death. You want to cure debt, you want to relieve someone of their financial poverty, you've got the answer to the sin debt. 
Every time you look into the eyes of someone, you're seeing a potential fish that's either going to spend eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. Oh, man, there he goes again. He just said that. That makes me uncomfortable. It's the word of the Lord. We can sweep it under the carpet all we want. We can talk about financial blessings. We can talk about happy families. We can talk about good marriages. Thank God for all that, and I'm going to keep teaching it and preaching it because I want to see you happy and blessed. But I can tell you right now, I want to see you saved. Because at the end of the day, when the sun goes down and the the coming of the Lord comes or when you pass, there's going to be a point. Judgment day. And every person that you do life with, you're rubbing elbows with, every guy that I get in a golf cart with and every, every cup of coffee that I share, every person that I meet will spend eternity somewhere. And at some point, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to wake up to the fact that if, if we're happy in our salvation, wouldn't you like to share that with someone else? <laughs> Anybody ever uh, sent, sent, sent a friend to a restaurant because you loved it so much? Anybody ever sent a friend to a movie because you thought, man, that's the greatest movie? Have you ever shared a book? I was, at, I was at lunch the other day with a group of guys, and we're all sharing books. you got to read this. you got to read that. you got to read this. It's incredible. Are you sharing the incredible? Or are you just sharing, you know, that's the best cheesecake in the world. you got to see this movie. you got to read this book. Have you heard this song? I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send you a link to it. Are we sharing what really matters? Because I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're all doing life with people that need Jesus. And it's a blast when you land a fish for the kingdom. Let's read on. Check this out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 in the NIV tells us, why do we do this? Why are we being sent and why do we go? Why do we share Jesus at work? Even even if the environment is one that's kind of difficult, we're not going to speak in a bullhorn. We're not going to make people uncomfortable. We're just going to share with those that we're doing life with. If I'm going to share with you a good place to eat lunch, I'm just going to share with you what Jesus has done in my heart. I don't have to preach. I don't have to scream. I don't have to yell. I'm just going to share it. Why? For Christ's love compels me to. It compels me. I'm going to take my liberty and use the word it propels me as well. When I think of what he's done for me and my family, it propels me to want to share the love of Jesus. And it compels me. It's not just propelling me, but it's pulling me to share the love of Jesus. Why? Because we were all fish once. Thank you, Lord, that some fisherman called grandmother or pastor or Sunday school teacher or co-worker or cousin, thank you, Lord, that someone went fishing for me. Mom and dad, thanks for fishing for me. 
I'm thankful for my in-laws that went fishing for my wife. And I'm thankful that Denora are fishing for our daughters. And I'm fishing for yours. And I'm fishing for your sons. And I'm fishing for your parents. I'm fishing. Am I screaming? No. Am I judging? Absolutely not. I'm loving. You got to get this. It's a cute little phrase to help you never forget it. Don't try to correct people until you connect with people. You connect and then correct. Connect, then correct. I need a bigger amen than that. Connect, then correct. I was in a golf cart the other day. I'm fixing to get completely blasted by some of you. Some of you are about to, you're, you're, you're about to just nail my hide, and I know it, and I'm setting myself up for it. I was in a golf cart the other day in a group, and, and there's, there's two guys in particular in my community that have never stepped foot in this church, and I'm fishing. I'm fishing for them hard. And the little beverage cart girl came by, and I said, what can I get you guys? Y'all want anything? And one of them laughed and said, I love a beer, but I can't have you buy me a beer. I said, I'm going to buy you one. He said, what? And I said, if that's what you think you want, my job is not tell you what to drink. My job is to love you, dude, and I love you. Is that what you want? And the brother said, I think I'll have a water. (laughs) Now, I know some of you right now, some of you right now are thinking, do you think he was really going to buy a beer? I would have. Because you know what, man? Give me a break. I'm fishing for people. Fishing for people. And I'm trying to get you to fall in love with the fish too. May his love compel you. Now over the next several weeks, here's why I'm teaching this in July. Because Bishop Ron and I both know that there's something weird that happens when school starts. It's, it's, like, it's like harvest season in ministries. I don't know what happens in the psyche of families. I think it's the routine. Everybody just blows and goes all summer long. They just spend every penny they got. They just, they just get cooked by the sun. They, just, they, 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 they stay up later than ever before. They, they just, I mean, it's just wild living in the summer. And then when school season starts, families look at each other like they're hungover and go, we got to find some routine. We got to find something to belong to that's better than this. And all of a sudden, they think, somebody thinks, they get this thought. They go, let's go try that church. That guy that was going to buy me a beer, he's pretty cool. I want to go try his church. And I'm preaching this to you in July because it's not going to be long till harvest season. And I want you to have your fishing pole out. And I want you to make sure your tackle box is stocked up. And I want you to make sure that you got some sunscreen on and you got your fishing hat ready. Because we're fixing to fish, and we're going to fish long and hard going into the season of the fall. So, here we go. I'm about to pray over you and dismiss you. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to take a few of those Sundays, and it's just going to be like going to school. I'm just going to teach you what I know about how to influence somebody, how to be a part of their world, how to make the connection to their world. And that's already given you a lot of information right there. Because you want them in yours, you better learn how to get in theirs. And I'm going to show you how to win someone 
to Jesus. Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is what I want to do. Uh, I know we're not asking for, 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 for singers, but Jeff, if you can kind of help me there for a minute. I do want to do this today. I want my prayer partners to come quickly. I don't need any song, Denora. Thank you, though. I just want my prayer partners to come. And I'm going to have a unique altar call. we got 30 seconds to pull this off, okay? Just kind of give a unique altar call today. Two things, okay? Two things. If you have a need in your life of any kind, a need for salvation, a need for repentance. If you have a need, spiritual need, if you have a need, if you thought, man, I didn't come here today to be told I needed a fish. I'm a fish, and I came here today to get caught. I'm here because I need a change. I need, I'm here because I'm, I'm the fish, Pastor Tommy. I'm throwing a net right now, and I want to give you a moment. I want to give you a moment to touch the Lord. But then the second thing, the second thing, if there's somebody in this room that you just, you, you know, that you just saw and heard clearly your next step, your next step is to, is to go fish. And you just want to pray about that. You just don't want, you want to pray now because it's in you, it's on you. I want to open the altar up to you too, okay? We're just going to take a moment. Thank you, Jeff, for helping me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my friends that are here. I thank you for the word that was spoken. Now, right now, Lord, this altar is open. Everybody, the altar is open right now. So begin to come now for those that have a need in their life, a physical need. They need prayer. They just need to talk to somebody and share a need and be prayed over. I I, I ask you, Lord, to move on their heart. But then, Father, according to your word that was spoken, if there's anyone today that just, they feel the... They feel the calling in their heart to go further and do more for others. I pray over them as well in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, a blessing over this house and over everyone that's here today. Bless us and keep us. Keep us safe, healthy, and happy in Jesus' name. And let everybody say a big amen.